0: time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanishef and John Palmer, this is Brew Strong.
1: Howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Good afternoon. <laughs> All right, I'm Jamel Zaina, chef. We're here with Bruce Strong. I got my co-host, John Palmer. How you doing? And our special guest for the week, Tasty Mcdowell Hi, gang. How you doing? Good to have you here. Yeah, it's great. Here in, in sunny, sweaty Pacheco. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, talc up the uh, the junk. I did. I did. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> armpits too. I know the deal here. Okay, we're getting a little excessive there. I don't know. Okay, a little talc on the junk never hurts. Well, unless you got open sore, then yeah, you know, it's it can be out of hand.
2: <laughs> so, or if, you, or if you have vinegar. <laughs> no, that's right. That's, that's baking soda. Never mind. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, yeah, we're supposed to be talking about uh, technical issues in brewing, you know. So, uh, oh. you know, for the for the, uh, the learn amateur to brew strong and, and even pro brewer, yeah, learn learning to brew strong. Uh, learning, uh, you know, last show we did uh, melanoidins. Mm-hmm. The show we're doing head retention. That's right, good foam. What good good head? On? Yeah, that's right. What could you ask for? But good head on your beer. And uh, we'll be covering other topics as we go forward, and uh, we cover them in detail. And, and what we do is we get um, questions emailed into us, uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, people send us in questions, and we kind of sort them out into these topics, and then we cover the topic in depth, answering all the uh, the uh, aspects of the question and, and telling you what uh, what the answers are. And we'll have. Uh, experts such as John Palmer or you know uh, maybe uh, John and I will bring in uh, you know somebody from the industry as well mm-hmm. to uh, fill in that uh you know both uh, you know I know John uh, just recently speaking of head retention he recently wrote an article for uh, Brew Your Own magazine uh on head retention John and I both do uh, uh columns for uh, Brew Your Own uh, I do the style profile column and John does the uh, advanced, advanced, brewing. advanced brewing column and uh Tell you, you know, uh, Tasty McDole. He doesn't write a column for BYO, <laughs> but uh, he brews beer. Like uh, you know, if you just drank his beer, you go, well, okay, who cares about BYO? Tell me how you do this. Yeah, he's so, our go-to uh, guy. And, for he, I story. read BYO and then uh, apply it. That's what he makes. Uh, yeah, he's you know one of the great things about uh, Mr. Tasty here is that he uh, applies the uh, you know various aspects of uh, the technical. And uh, the experience, and applies that to his beer, and and throws out the stuff that doesn't work, and keeps the stuff that does, and makes uh, some of the most drinkable beer I have had in my life. Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you for all that beer. Uh, you know, <laughs> like beer, yeah. everybody who knows me, you know, when when <laughs> Mike's around, I'm just like you see. I'm the one with my hand out with a glass pointed towards uh, McDowell <laughs> that's how you can tell who i am and, and who McDowell <laughs> is <you> <laughs> and then and then i'll like drink the glass and then i'll put the, the hand out with the glass again. i'm the guy with the keg you're the guy with the glass <laughs> exactly yeah.
2: well, we've and, been drinking mike's beers for shoot five seven years i mean i remember well, conferences uh, way back you know yeah. it's like mike can bring in.
1: i bring beer everywhere cake. i go pretty much so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah he's always got beer and and you know I always say, well, I don't need to bring beer because Tasty's going to be there. <laughs> why would I, would I? Why would I bring beer? Yeah. I can just drink his. And uh, speaking of the conferences, uh, you know, uh, we were all supposed to be at the conference. I know Tasty and uh, and uh, Mr. Palmer here were both at the conference. I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to give a presentation uh, on brewing better beer and uh, or tips and tricks for brewing better beer. And I was uh, very sick with pneumonia. And uh my my good buddy here John, he, he I was telling everybody it was the clap, but he he me. agreed to uh sit in for me and uh do a a talk on water, I guess it was, and 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 uh uh i hear that uh you were a little under the weather as well when it came to the conference. <laughs> you got uh, you got some sort of uh you know i had pneumonia you had hangover hangoveritis yeah. as well. It's, you yeah, know it's NHC, it's, it's what do you expect yeah you know? it's it's a beer conference and yeah and, you know you meet all your great friends there and so that's why uh, mm-hmm. it turns into being uh, a, a little bit uh, a little bit of beer so so tell us about that what 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 happened to you well
2: and you know, as as you were saying on the lead up to NHC, I mean, it, it's the best event of the year. I, I prefer the National Homebrewers Conference the GABF. Um, I think I think the caliber of beer you get at the NHC is every bit as good as the GABF. I mean,
1: you know, so you're yeah. blaming yeah. it on the quality of the beer. Well, it's so yeah. drinkable, yes. yeah. I mean, I think uh, it has something to do with the quantity, quantity, and availability. Yeah, the, and the
2: price quantity consumed. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, you, you, especially club night. I mean, you know, every, every year club oh night God. is just fantastic oh, where yeah. you try, you know, hundreds, literally hundreds of excellent beers. And yeah. uh, then we had the, uh, the kind of like the club brew off or kind of a best of show club night sort of thing. Trying a lot of them. And, uh, oh, I, they shut down club night around 1 a.m. And then you kind of gravitate over the hospitality suite, and they shut that down around two or two thirty. You mean you shut
1: that down? Yeah, I three thirty. Yeah, well, I was, and then you drunk email me. <laughs> hey Jamal, how's it going? Yeah, can't wait to do alive? the Bruce Strong show.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. how. I,
1: that's how I read John's emails. I read them out loud in that voice. My wife <laughs> wonders what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, but
2: it was how's a great night. Going? But the next morning was kind of tough. Stepping into Jamil's slot, you know, coming up with uh, do, doing my water alkalinity talk that I've done many times, but uh, you know, it's funny. Everybody, kept, everybody kept coming up to the podium and handing me a glass of water. Uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> it looked
4: like a prune, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> it looked a little dried out, a little hurt, little hurting. Well, but, what, time uh, sem- what time was this? What uh, time was this seminar? Uh, ten o'clock, ten a.m. Yeah, well, I imagine half the audience was. Uh, Pretty bagged as well. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's a lot of people there. I was really surprised. Um, yeah, they all got up early. Huh? Yeah.
1: So three thirty a.m. You made it back to your hotel room. Yeah. yeah. Did you need assistance getting back to your hotel room? No, no. I was. You got the card key in the slot after how many attempts? Uh,
2: I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I got to, got right to bed. Set my alarm in the morning.
1: There wasn't like urine all over the walls <laughs> in the in the bathroom. Those. <laughs> I don't you know, remember. Trouble hitting all the, that tiny little hole in the middle of the seat. I don't remember. <laughs> it's like taking the fifth. Don't remember. A vomit sprayed uh, all over the uh, dresser. But I do remember
2: looking at the clock and saying, Damn, it's 8 o'clock. i got to get up if I'm going to be in the auditorium by 10. Hmm. And I made it.
1: <laughs> Took you two hours to get there? <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, know. That's, that's just like in an hour, rolling out of bed and standing up. Showering and going down and getting something to eat. And well, see, they're lucky you showed up because for me, it would have been like, oh, it's 9.55. Oh, I'll make it. I, 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 snooze for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I roll out in whatever clothes I, I was wearing the night before and uh, <laughs> stagger down there and go, no. okay.
2: What was really funny is that after the talk i did a book signing and then after the book signing i went to lunch it's all those
1: shaky signatures you see in the book uh, those were signed at the nhc but afterwards i went to lunch
2: and uh as i'm walking in the restaurant here here comes charlie papazian and his wife and uh it's like hey charlie how's it going he goes hey how are you it's like oh pretty good he goes well you didn't look so good this morning (laughs) it's like yes that's right thank you (laughs) but uh you know (laughs) It's it's great to have the have the uh, grand godfather of home brewing. You know, recognize render- that you're, you're yeah. under the weather. I was a little under the weather that morning.
1: Uh, how, uh, about, how about you, Tasty? I, you know all the events we go to. I never see you really totally out of control. I think you know yeah. maybe you are, but uh, you know your personality is such that yeah, you just seem mellow the whole time.
4: Yeah, I tend to like uh, when I start to run out of gas, I just you know, run out of gas and uh, bail out kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I get my you know pretty good uh, buzz going and all that, but uh, after a while, I just get tired of drinking beer. Even though there was a lot of good I don't see good that, home how brew that there.
1: can happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we, we drank a lot
4: of good homebrew there. It was great. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah it's a it's a fantastic event, and I tell you, if you if you're not a member of the HA, you want to go to the dot slash store and uh, you can uh, get yourself an AHA membership. That gets you a discount that's worth more than the cost of your membership to the uh, National Conference. The next one's going to be in Oakland in 2009 here in our backyard, and the whole Brewing uh, Network and the Brew Strong crew is going to be there, and uh, we'd be loving to see you there.
2: Yeah, I'll be there, and and uh, I
1: want to tell members of the AHA
2: that that don't come to the NHC to come, because there is something like i don't know fourteen thousand aha members in the country think like it's 16, oh, that. That. 16 yeah and at, at cincinnati we had about a thousand people there and uh i saw friends from years past that you know always come i've been to the last five or six or seven of them and uh you know it's such a great time you know talking to all those people and seeing friends and it's like what'd you brew this year and you know trying their beers it's like oh yeah this is great mm-hmm. i mean there are, there are particular brewers that i go to when i when i see them and uh you know i because i know they're they're great brewers and they brew great great beers um it's it's a really great time so and i and i always kind of pity the people too that they go to the conference but don't go to the seminars because there's so much good brewing information at the seminars Mm -hmm. um a lot you know this past year icky great gave a great talk on berliner weiss uh you know something you know, where he's done done the experiments and done the time and to pull together all this information, a lot of great brewing information that uh, you're not going to hear anywhere else. You're not going to read it in the scientific journals. You're not going to necessarily catch it on the BN or other podcasts. You know, there's there's unique material at the National Homebrewers Conference that I encourage people to you know try to get to to hear.
1: Well, and the, the, the great thing about it for me is it's it's like a family reunion. And if you want to be part of that family, yeah, yeah. you know, come out to the conference and, uh, you know, you'll be welcomed in uh, with open arms. And your your brothers and sisters. Yeah, you're there. amongst your own kind there. Exactly. It. It's, yeah. it, 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 an immediate family reunion. Yeah, you'd, be, yeah. you'd be surprised. Everybody's a good friend there. Once you go, you will never, ever want to miss one. I, I tell you, if, if it wouldn't have killed me to get on that plane, and <laughs> yeah, I, literally, right. it, it, it would have killed me. Yeah to get on that plane and and fly out there and my wife's like you know it's gonna kill you uh you know i would have i would have been there i i can't believe i i ended up having to miss the uh, conference this year it it was really uh you know risking death (laughs) Uh, you know it was a reasonable trade off for me but uh, uh you know my wife didn't see it that way and my kids didn't see it that way so i had to uh i had to skip it this year and that's just going to make me all the more uh, wild when it comes to 2009 here in Oakland. Yeah. So sign up for that. All right, so today we're talking about head retention, which is uh, you know one of the things you might learn at one of those NHC conferences. And uh, what we'll do, we'll take a short break, and when we come back we'll get into uh, uh, a listener question, which is what uh, kind of sparked this show. And uh, John will go into details about it, and we'll be back right after this.
0: Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong.
5: Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. Uh, The new tap
1: handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks
5: instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer deal of the day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More More Beer Beer deal Deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on. Let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com celebrity voices impersonated. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean, crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Saison ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Saison strains to create complex fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and home brew shops everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. Ta-da.
1: The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put some sugar been. and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's network
0: back to your hosts Jamil Chef and John Palmer putting the testicles in technical this is Brew Strong
1: alright we're back we are talking about head head retention So when was the last time you had good head retention? Uh, Like last night. Ah. Uh, You know, I I, I cracked open this uh, Robus Porter, which I had brought a keg of to the anniversary party, but it stayed in my RV fridge because I had, like, lack Uh. of transport. I wasn't going to carry the thing with my pneumonia to the (laughs) anniversary (laughs) party. And, uh, you know, I carried it back home, and my wife put it back in the fridge. And uh, last night, a a good friend of mine from uh, San Diego, Chad Stevens, he came up with his family, and he stopped by. and. Oh yeah, I tell you, this is one of the reasons I'm a quaff member. Is I get all these. I mean, they come up and visit me, you know, yeah, only how far away I'm. Nice and uh, he brought some beer with him, and, and then I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's try this robust border And it turned out, you know, just a thing of beauty with a great balance, and and the the foam stand on this thing was, you know, there's like a two inch pill that that rode the the beer all the way to the bottom <laughs> of the glass, and then you could like dump that thing into your mouth and uh, and uh, swallow it, you know. Makes me I wonder, can, you have, can, you, have, can <laughs> you
4: have too much head retention? <laughs> and do you swallow? Yes.
1: Yeah. You can never have too much head. And, uh, yes, I swallow at the end. And uh, so <laughs> what brings this whole thing up? I apologize. I know this is supposed to be all about uh, beer serious beer information. Not like that uh, screwing around show I do uh, other times. Yes. But uh, uh, I got a, uh, a uh, email from Joseph and... Uh, he wanted some help with head retention and and he says, uh, "I have only brewed six batches, all different styles, and I've had no luck with head retention. I have followed the suggested co- carbonation levels in Palmer's book. Wait see they always blame you for <laughs> you <know. laughs> well, I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> but, with that actually Yes uh, waited at least three weeks for bottle conditioning, taken gravity checks to make sure fermentation is done." No bleach in my cleaning. I used star sand and let it properly drain out. With the last two batches of Bavarian and an American-style wheat, I even went to the higher end of the carbonation level. I tried both by pouring with and without rolling and inverting to get yeast sediment back in suspension. They both pour with a nice head, but disappears in less than a minute. I even took a fork and stirred a bit, which almost caused it to foam over the glass, but again the head died. How do I improve head retention in my beers?
2: That's a great question, and uh, you know, I hear that that same sort of question from a lot of uh, new brewers. I'm wondering, Jamil, do you know if do you know much about his process? He's an extract
1: brewer. Yeah, yeah. okay, an extract brewer. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I went through you know the glassware, dirty glassware, and uh, a lot of other. Uh, uh, common things that that cause head retention problems and carbonation isn't a problem because if he stirred it up with a fork and right. kind of foamed over, then he's got plenty of gas in the thing.
2: Mm-hmm. He's good at got he's got a good head formation. He just doesn't have head stability. Right, because right. those are the two the two factors of of good head formation and stability. <laughs> or you know, there's a lot of other factors or something yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah, alcohol. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there we
1: go. It all plays a part. <laughs> Get a good head. <laughs> Um, we're just dirty. Hmm. We, we're actually, we're juvenile. I think. Yeah, it's what? pretty <laughs> much yeah, like, too much. Or I'm sophomore. juvenile. Yeah. You guys are like, oh, this guy's disgusting. We're What's the going. matter with him? We should be on a better show.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, what it, uh, is he doing? Um, you know, partial gra- partial boils on the stove. Do you know? Any idea? Don't know. One thing that can, I mean, uh, may I should. Kind of, we we should maybe expand on uh, foam. You know, good foam, bad foam, how it how it forms. Mm-hmm. Um, g- good beer foam is uh, it's it's built by the the malt proteins, the beer proteins. Uh, there's a couple different kinds. There's uh, protein Z. There's a uh, hordein, which is a the primary barley storage protein. Not um, whoring, but hoarding. Hording as right. in H-O-R-D-E-I-N. And
1: hoaring is a whole different thing.
2: I always get it confused with Holstein, but I don't think that has anything to do with that. That's cattle. Yeah. <laughs> but all bull aside...
1: You like, um, you like cattle, John? I like tipping. Like, them. <laughs> tipping, yep. Do you like gladiator moves? No. All right. <laughs> Continue on. <laughs> Sorry. Lipid
2: transfer protein. Uh-huh. Yes. uh That's another important protein in malt. Um, the way... The way the way beer foam works, it's it, you kind of compare it to a skyscraper. You know, building a skyscraper, you've got your malt proteins, your protein Z, your hordeins that are like your girders. Those are the you know the primary iron you know truss that goes up. Then you have got your lipid transfer protein, which serves two functions: one to uh, bind and eliminate lipids. Lipids are a anything from waxes, fats, oils. Um, uh, there, there are various uh, natural building blocks that occur throughout, you know, building pro- the brewing process and so on. Um, those tend to degrade uh, head formation and head retention. Um, and lipid transfer protein acts to, you know, sequester those and pull them out so that they don't affect, uh, they don't degrade the head formation. Um, those act as like the struts that help strengthen the the girders in a skyscraper. Then you've got your uh, hop alpha acids and uh, ions in the in solution. Calcium, magnesium, aluminum, uh, manganese, zinc. Those are your metal ions. And the hop alpha acids are like the gusset plates on the skyscraper. You know that you put at the joints to stiffen a joint. And the ions are kind of like the rivets that you use to you know bind that plate to the structure to reinforce it. And uh, all those things, all those elements, come together to promote and stabilize the foam.
1: Well, you mentioned hop alpha acids, so uh, I imagine that uh, it, it can play an important part in 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 that. But on the other hand, it's not necessarily absolutely critical because if you get something like a, 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 a Bavarian hefeweizen, uh, maybe you have more of something else because those will have a great uh, uh, those a great foam, head yeah. foam. Uh, uh, development and retention and uh, foam stand, you know, is, is very durable on that. But um, low IBUs, low you know, alpha. low IBUs, low alpha. That's right. So it must not be that critical. It, it, I'm, but on the other hand, you have a real hoppy beer that tends to have a nice uh, foam as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's a system where you have you have checks, <laughs> you have checks and balances, you have you know pros and cons in terms of the ingredients of the beer, the style of the beer. In a Bavarian hefeweizen, you have uh, you have a lot of protein to work with. You, you know, the wheat has more protein per mass unit mass than barley does, uh, or at least that makes it into the beer. But no gussets. What about the gussets?
1: How well, is that uh, possible then?
2: Uh, you still have even in a wheat beer, you have you know a minimum level of iso-alpha acids, mm-hmm. and there's enough there with the plentiful protein and you know, probably the lack of lipids that's mm-hmm. you know in, in that beer versus a, a comparable barley beer that
1: uh make for very
2: stable foam.
1: Well, and then when you have a lot of uh, hop acids and very little of the proteins it still works. Well, you know there you have a
2: problem with uh you know lack of formation but good stability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're drinking like I'm looking at a you know an IPA here, uh this is uh Avery, Avery India Pale Ale, you know, heck of a lot of foam stuck to the glass. Uh, you know, it's a it's a higher alcohol beer. It's got uh, you know high alpha, um, probably not not as much protein, but uh, you know great stability. Um, so you know the, you get you know you get different kinds of foam in different mm-hmm. styles of beer. Uh, in this particular guy's case, uh, where he's got. You know he's brewing uh, hefeweizens and and wheat beers with that should have you know you know commercial examples show great head stability and you know good foam formation. Um, maybe there's maybe there's some brewing process parameters that are uh, interfering.
1: Well, and and so you know let's get back to your uh, your discussion there where you were talking about uh, the types of things that make uh, for good head retention and. You know uh, can you fill out uh, you know some of the, the processes that affect those those things
2: sure um, so you know like you say you, you're building the skyscraper you've got two different kinds of malt proteins that you know combine to make the main girders of the fumia that are the big structural components uh, you've got lipid transfer protein which acts to you know stiffen the structure and stabilize the structure you've got your hop alpha and you can and you got your cations that help to reinforce that structure well then on the other hand you have your lipids which are your waxes oils etc you know if you've been eating chips if you got chapstick on if um, your yeast is autolyzed that'll help release you know lipids into the beer which will degrade the foam it's kind of like you know uh, pouring oil you know on a beer i mean you know if you people you know Everybody's seen that where you, you have uh, soap, suds, and water, and you pour oil, oil in. You know, just the foam, you know, shoots the side. It really destabilizes foam. Uh, so lipids are a big problem. Um, and you'll see that in, uh, you know, beers that have been in the fermenter too long. Uh, other factors, the brewing factors that can affect foam are uh, your boils. If you uh, excessively thermal load the boil, like, you know, Using a jet burner versus a lower BTU burner, you know, you're really boiling the crap out of that wort, You're going to destabilize, uh, denature a lot of the proteins that would be, you know, that would support the foam. The form, the foam will form, but it'll quickly die off because there's no stability to it. Um, another thing that can affect um, foam reten- foam retention is, uh, you know, if you do a high gravity boil. Um, or a partial boil, and that that used to be a very common practice for extract brewers, was they would put all of their extract in a small pot on the stove, you know, do a concentrated boil, and then dilute that wort into the fermenter with you know a couple gallons of water to bring to get their you know target gravity. Uh, what that does is you the wort boil is the great leveling um, process. It really you know. It changes uh, the factors by an order of magnitude. If you've got a lot of you know protein going into the into the into the beer, if you're using a high percentage of wheat malt, you know you'll end up with you know more protein in that in that wort than you would would if uh, you were brewing without wheat. But after the boil, uh, you've reduced the total protein by an you know mag- order of magnitude by ten times, and uh, so. And it's especially true in the case of a high-gravity boil, where you're going to coagulate and go through a hot break, and a lot of protein is going to you know, coagulate and settle out, and then you're going to dilute what's, what's left into your fermenter. And you end up with less protein to form foam in uh, a beer that's been made that way than if you'd done a full-volume boil.
1: So since it's concentrated, you're getting more coagulation of those proteins. They're dropping out more, and you get less in the final boil. And that exactly. perhaps could be uh, Joe's issue there is is if he's doing a concentrated boil. That that could be part of the, the impact there. That's right. Um, no, so, uh, you know, yeah,
4: go ahead. Uh, John, I, I had uh, head retention problems until until I started uh, letting the uh, hot break uh, fall back into the kettle. I used to skim it off. I know some people still do that. Oh. And uh, once I start letting it fall back in, I definitely notice my beer is it's
1: uh... interesting because i I don't bother skimming it off yeah, I either yeah. Yeah. And leave it I, I it. get great head retention. yeah,
4: every beer I've gotten, of course, the exception would be like high alcohol beers, like barley wine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Those are hard to get you know reasonable head retention. Yeah.
2: Well, th- that makes sense because well, you know you're removing you're removing protein that would end up yeah. in the beer right you know by skimming it off. And uh, versus letting it stay in.
4: Probably a lot of the protein Z's that you're referring to are probably.
1: Yep. But, but I think, um, you know, the whole high alcohol uh, oh. thing is, uh, I think it, it, it may be related more to, uh, you know, uh, concentrated boils versus actually high alcohol because uh, on, on one of the. Uh, well, it's uh, total brewing forum so uh you know one of the, the one of the common myths that uh runs around in in brewing circles is alcohol affects head retention and uh there was a guy a commercial brewer he went ahead and he took some uh alcohol and he added it to various beers and saw if it affected the head retention at all and it didn't it made no difference he mm-hmm. went up to like 20 percent alcohol 25 percent alcohol hmm. and it does not affect head retention so it's not necessarily the alcohol itself, but part of the process. It may be yeast uh, breaking down and releasing lipids into the beer in it that may... high alcohol environment. Right, that's right it. exactly. Right. It may be you know a more concentrated boil, although you end up with more proteins. It may be you know who knows what, but it's not necessarily the alcohol. Or the pH right. or something because the right. beers right. Right. different right. pH. Exactly.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, and,
1: and Belgian triple
2: or strong ale is a good example too, mm-hmm. where. You know, you have a very stable head in a, in a Belgian triple. You know, a very you know strong head that builds up when you pour those. And you're thinking, okay, why? You know, this is a high alcohol beer. Why does it have such good head retention? Well, the and it, and it and it goes back to what Mike has said too, where you know when you skim uh, proteins that coagulate during the boil, he you, you experienced uh, less retention. Um, the the amount of protein that survives into the fermenter is a function of the initial concentration in the boil kettle. If you're doing a concentrated boil, you've got a really high you know, protein concentration. A lot of that's going to coagulate and settle out. And if you don't, you know, and, and it's going to fall into the trub and the hops and everything else in the boil kettle. If that doesn't make it into the fermenter, then it's not going to be available to promote head retention in the final beer. Mm.
1: Well, it and needs to be, you know, in solution as well. It's you know, Right, right. So and and I, Leaving you know, it in may may do nothing. Well, or very little. Right, if you carry over the uh, trube and the uh, right. break material.
2: But in the case of a Belgian triple, you know, you do want a high-gravity boil. I mean, it's a, you know, 1070, you know, beer, 1080. And, uh, but yet, that is a beer that had the protein level has been thinned. And so, for you're going to get less protein coagulation in a 1070, you know, high adjunct, you know, low protein beer than you would in a 1070 all barley malt beer, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to get more um, more protein surviving into the final beer that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that, that the 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 amount of head retention that you get is going to be a kind of a function of how much protein you're putting into it. And how much protein survives in the final beer?
1: Well, and a lot of those Belgian beers, they they use simple sugars mm-hmm. as well, and there's no proteins in there, right? That's right. So, so
2: you're diluting the initial then. protein, and you're and you kind of maybe stay under a threshold where you get you know a lot of coagulation, a lot of hot break occurring. Right. That would take that protein out solution. You, even then, they survive,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, we'll take a short break. When we come back, what we'll do is uh, get into some more listener email and uh, answer some of those questions relating to head retention and uh, talk about how all this information that you've just given us uh, relates to uh, practical brewing brewing and, and, and what you do to get great head retention in your beers. We'll be back right after this.
0: Keep your carboy cap on. This is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back.
6: Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Frecci and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, Five Sixty Three Second Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park.
3: Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad shot, venti, extra hot, soy milk, triple pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps Brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a Brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jameel Show and Yes even that other show thank you for listening and please sign up for your donation at the brewing slash donate today
1: entertainment you want uh, yeah. information you need
0: Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew
5: strong. We're back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some slapping in order in between these breaks here. uh, You know, that's one of the things that police say. Always, you know. I gotta have my John here, but you know, uh say always brought. Oh, he was uh, always slapping. Or? Uh, yeah, he was always slapping his junk around during the break, and uh, that was very entertaining. Uh, oh, okay, I, I must say, you know, just the thwacking sound all by itself was quite melodious uh, during the breaks. <laughs> he was always he makes me laugh. You guys aren't making me laugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm <laughs> like uh, I'm worried here. I'm. Uh, starting starting to uh, fade. I don't know. Guess you had to be there. Okay. Yes. So we're talking about head mm-hmm. and how you get great head in your beer. And uh, uh, Joaquin uh, emailed me and he was saying also along these same lines of uh, head retention, he says, I get notoriously bad head retention on my dark beers for some reason. Uh, Porter and stout alike. So I carbonated my stout a little too much, bottle-conditioned, in order to get more head. I used 6 grams priming sugar per liter, which is what I use for light ales. Now my stout has too much carbonation and still bad head retention, even with 20% flaked barley in the grain bill. Is this just the nature of the beast? Do I accept that this will happen, carbonate less, and live with bad head? Sheesh. Or is there something that I can do?
2: That's an interesting question. Uh, Um, interesting, you know, interesting, uh, set of factors there. Um, you know, interestingly, uh, melanoidins, high melanoidin content tends to promote head retention. Mm Uh, so generally you, you, you don't look for head degradation or head instability in dark beers. Um, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, water has a factor to do with it. Uh, stress on the yeast, you know, releasing lipids that could impact his head retention. Um, you know, it, there's, uh, there's uh, other yeast factors. Um, yeast uh, exudes a uh, oh, an enzyme called proteinase that uh, um, can degrade uh, foam proteins over time. So when you uh, don't pasteurize a beer, and bottle conditioned beer like most home brewers do uh, you know a long time in the bottle this this enzyme can keep working and will re- degrade in, uh, head retention with time i don't know if that's the case here but you know there's there's several possibilities that could be at could be a work here
1: and tasty what what about you have, have you have you ever had a problem with head retention and and no. did it reply to dark beers like porters and stouts no
4: i don't notice it uh so much in in dark versus light uh no i i do generally in, in almost all my beers I have some uh wheat malt in the recipe uh, mm-hmm. to me it uh seems to work gives me you know makes my beer a little bit hazy but I generally filter my beer so that that doesn't show up in the in the final product but it if you don't filter it may uh, give a little bit of haze into your beer, the addition of the yeast, of the wheat malt.
2: Do you have any other information from Joaquin about his brewing process?
1: Uh, no, uh, you know he mentions uh, you know some other questions about brewing and yeasts and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a couple of things I I have to say on the subject is uh, uh, you know like uh, John was saying earlier, you know the more melanoidin uh, rich your beer is, uh, the higher gravity your beer is. The better the head retention tends to be. So uh, if right. you're making yourself a uh, Russian Imperial Stout, and and one of the ways you can tell generally, uh, you know, if you've got a lot of head forming uh, proteins in your beer, like Russian Imperial Stout, you'll ferment that thing, and that thing will just go like nuts, and it'll blow off. And there's a lot of uh, um, uh, protein involvement in the croissant with the yeast and the carbon dioxide, and you get uh, you can get something blowing off and uh, that tends to be in your bigger and darker beers. Yeah. Uh, and that that could be a
2: factor if he if he's doing blow off during his fermentation. Blow maybe... off a lot of that as yeah, well. Sure. Exactly.
1: Well, and uh, one thing I I've, I've heard in the past is that you know head uh, the head forming proteins are only uh, used once. So they it develops a the head and then once uh, it's done, it's done. It's 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 done its thing. It drops break. to the bottom and it it's no longer available to form head again. So, if you are doing a lot of things with your beer that uh, tend to use those up, uh, and it might be uh, you know during fermentation, or it might be during transfers, and you are stirring it up a lot, or you are bu- bubbling CO two through it for some one other reason or another, uh, that that might have some impact. Uh, another thing is when you are brewing a stout. So, like like I, the example I gave at the beginning was this uh, robust porter that I brewed great head, no problem. You know that. Uh, so nope. you know it's not necessarily dark beers. Uh, when he was talking about stouts he increased the carbonation on his stouts now when you are brewing something like a dry stout something that um, you know really deserves a low level of carbonation you see these stouts served uh, you know on nitrogen and you see these you know great heads that they get uh, you know part of that is keeping the you know forming the head but also the CO2 portion of it is lower in right. the beer. It's a low-carbonation beer. If you over-carbonate it trying to generate head, what you do is you get a really acidic, carbonic bite to the beer. It makes the beer seem thin. It makes the beer seem harsh. It makes a, you know a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, as far as the flavor and perception of the beer. So you really don't want to do that. You, it's better to go without head than it is to overcarbonate something like a dry stout and uh, kind of ruin the the, uh, the drinkability of the beer. So I think that's a, a really important thing. Yeah. There, there's, I think this, this
2: uh, question goes back to, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of factors that can affect any one parameter in brewing, you know, head retention or pH or what have you, IBUs, for instance. Um, and I, I would encourage everyone when they write into the show, you know, at uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork dot com, to you know include as much process information as you can in your email. You know, I mean, these questions are great; they're good, they're nice and specific. But uh, also, you know, take time to include. Uh, description or your brewing process, because all these factors can impact the sure. answer to your question. You know, a,
1: l- a lot of different uh, factors in, it in that impacted. One of the things that uh, Charlie Papazian says is that he always, always does a protein rest mm-hmm. on every beer he brews, regardless of what the grist is. Comp- comprised of mm-hmm. and he believes that that increases his head retention every time now my theory on that as well it might in some cases it might not in others and if you go too far with that it actually could hurt head retention
2: yeah that's true the it, it, the uh, effectiveness of, a, of protein rest has a lot to do with your with your grist bill um, lower modified malts definitely benefit from a protein rest in terms of head retention and uh, hay stability, and a host of other things that are affected by protein rest, highly modified malts. Um, if you do a, a protein rest on a highly modified malt, what you are going to do is you are going to trade off the percentages of protein Z versus hordein and you may see, you know, very great head formation in a beer that you know, in a, a beer made from a highly modified malt, and I am talking about a. Kolbach index greater than forty. It's also known as the soluble to, to-, to total protein ratio. Uh, greater than forty. Those those beers have all the protein Z that they need for you know. It's like the best girder material. Um, but uh, hoarding is uh, is affected by protein rests, and you can get a, you can end up forming a a larger faster forming head but it won't be as stable as one that was not made with a protein rest from a highly modified malt if i made myself mm. clear there
1: okay I get it. and mike do you do you do protein rests at all
4: no i just do a uh and this an intermediate rest i go in about 145 then i bump up to my uh sac temperature whatever that is for the beer yeah so you're you're just just working the sacrification rests yeah pretty much i mean the intermediate to me is just uh, mixed i use that to Ensure that I have a pretty fermentable beer because, like, my beers are finishing you know, pretty dry. Yeah, I can.
1: Same here. I, you know, I, I tend to skip the protein rest, and I, I have no problem with head retention. Yeah. And uh, th- I right. think one of the, the rare times I do is actually a combination uh, protein and beta-glucan rest in something like that dry stout where you're using a lot of flaked oh. barley. Oh, yeah. And I may, oh, yeah. may do that. Um, and also you want a, a fairly thin beer with a dry stout. But, uh, you know, that... I don't. I really don't think it's necessary. I, I, you know, again, you know, whatever is successful for you is perhaps what you should be doing. But uh, you know, try a couple of different things, and, and maybe that isn't isn't the thing that uh, brings success when it comes to. Let me uh, offer head a retention. couple couple more points
2: on a protein rest. You know, the protein rest. Uh, different books that you read will talk about you know, accentuating head retention versus, you know, decreasing haze. Uh, really, the whole protein rest regime, you have literally, you know, dozens of proteinase and protease-type enzymes that are, are, that are active. And uh, trying to dial in a particular temperature um, versus another particular temperature to, you know, accentuate head retention versus, you know, haze is kind of fruitless it's really like putting the blender on puree you know a couple quick hits on the blender you'll get better head retention from doing a protein rest you let it go anywhere you know over that anything you know you know, too long And i'm talking about probably anything for today's malts over 15 minutes
1: yeah i limit myself to 15 minutes yeah
2: you're really starting to degrade your head retention you may see great head formation but that head's going to fall quickly so you know i Joaquim, I I wish I knew more about your process because then I could offer more, you know, ifs and buts and so on to help define what may be the problem.
4: Well, what about on the ingredient side? What about these malts like Carafoam, Carapills, uh to, Those can obviously be used to, to help head retention, right?
2: That's right, they can, and uh, you know they're they're contributing more of the uh, the the uh, foam active or foam promoting proteins and and
4: so on. And those will carry through, you know, through the mash all the way to the boil if you, if you you do that's things right. right.
2: But like I said earlier, you know, a big difference in wort composition before the boil translates to a small difference in wort composition after the boil. Oh, that's right. So, you know, these these foam and carapils and other and, you know, adding wheat malt to your beers, to your to your grist, they will have a positive effect on foam, but you know the the boil is a the great you know leveling factor and large differences become small differences so you will see a difference but it's going to be right. perhaps smaller than what you anticipated Gotcha, but it's still worth doing
3: mm-hmm.
1: okay and uh you know, one thing uh, Joaquin uh, and I were, were going back and forth on is uh, things like 60-shilling uh, ales. And, and you had mentioned earlier, you know, letting a beer sit for a long period of time, that could affect head retention. And what I found, especially in the smaller beers, the uh, very first time I made a 60-shilling ale many years ago, uh, the thing was thin, the bubbles were very large, uh-huh. and uh, it, it tastes like water. It was just horrible. And uh, somehow I... I I stuck the keg, you know, off in one of the cold storage and I forgot about it cuz it was so bad. I was going to pour it out. I just somehow lost track of it and and didn't pour it out. And uh about a year later I came back across this keg. I'm like, "What the heck is this?" And I'm like, "60 shilling." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, it's a year old." So I wanted to taste how it would be supposedly oxidized and horrible like people say these light <laughs> yeah. these small beers are. And I poured it and it was a thing of beauty. Hmm giant uh head that lasted you know again it formed that slug of uh foam that never went away you know yeah I, I could have left it there for a half hour and and it would have had no change and uh the beer you know just had really developed and i, th- I think there's there's something to um you know letting the beer uh, develop over time and and uh having well, you having, know it's, it's just it just goes to show that you demand <laughs> yeah, you <know>, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, if you want to read about the man, uh, there's that book called Brewing Classic Styles. You can uh, by pick John in, Palmer and Jamel Sanchez. No, it's Jamel Sanchez and John Palmer, and right. you can pick that up in the oh, bre- boys. the Brewing Network store, and you get a signed copy. And uh, there's also some other book in there called How to Brew, but uh, you don't really need that. You need the the brewing style. Start there. And uh, anyways, uh, and what would happen is, uh, you know, it makes a big difference. I was uh, discussing this with uh, a couple of people, uh, and you know, one of the theories is, well, you know, there's especially right after you brew a beer if you're not filtering it. Uh, there's, you know, a very fine particulate matter that adds, acts as uh, nucleation sites for the CO two, right. and it takes quite a bit of time for those to completely drift down through a keg of beer and fall to the bottom. So a certain amount of time ought to be allowed for that. If you, you know, especially if you are not filtering polyphenol uh, and tannin precipitation, you know, those yeah. those things can uh, really spark, uh, you know, the large bubble formation that seems and you know, make the beer seem thin. So, uh, you know, that is one of the things. Don't don't give up on a beer that uh, you. know, know, let it sit for a while, see see what happens. Again, if you have a lot of yeast in there and the yeast die, I think, you know, there is there is a negative effect on, on uh, right. head retention. But, uh, you know, letting a beer sit cold for a while, uh, you know, if it's not uh, contaminated or whatever, uh, actually does uh, quite a good job. Hmm. Good point. Good point. He's the man.
4: That's say. why we call
1: him the man, huh? <laughs> there you go. That's why I got it tattooed across my nuts. Yes, uh... And uh, Steve uh, from Cleveland, he was uh, he was saying, I have deleted my protein rest from my alts. This is a much longer email, but we're talking about protein rests and stuff in, in alts and hells and stuff. He said, I have deleted the protein rest from my alts and lagers, as I think they are a bit thin, and I've read that a protein rest may actually harm head retention and body. Uh, and he says he's used all Durst, you know, environment malts, which are, are fine. And you were saying earlier, John, that... If you went past certain points, like putting in a blender, and it's okay to chop it up a little bit and make it nice and consistent, and, and, right. and that helps. But you keep chopping it, and it turns into you know just liquid Period. snot, and and, exactly. and uh, you're you're chopping those proteins too short. It goes from long proteins to medium proteins to the shorter proteins, and yeah, and pretty you much know, uh, all natural processes
2: are a matter of optimums. You can have too little, and you can have too much, and never have ever too much head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can't have too much protein rest. And if you take, yeah. you know, if you hit the blender a couple times and and you know degrade those large proteins into head positive proteins, you know, medium sized stuff, great. If you do it a little too long, those medium sized degrade into small proteins and amino acids, which don't enhance head formation. And actually, amino, you know, excessive amino acids, excessive fan, which we you know talk about as a desirable thing Free for
1: amino p- nitrogen,
2: right? We talk about that as a desirable thing for most fermentations. But if you put too much fan in, that's a form of lipid, and it will degrade mm-hmm. head formation.
1: Okay. And one, one last thing before we take a, take a quick break. Uh, uh, Russell was brewing a uh, uh, doing a uh, toasted coconut uh, chocolate porter, and uh, they were telling him, they said, uh, stay away from throwing cocoa beans into the boil because it'll extract fat and uh it'll it'll affect head retention you should use cocoa powder instead what do you think well yeah definitely
2: the fats you know fats are a form of lipid mm-hmm. they're gonna impact mm-hmm. head retention uh also the um you know the fats in cocoa beans
1: um, are gonna oxidize and mm-hmm. you're gonna get some oxidation flavors you know
2: quickly out of that beer
1: well and and you know, this is what I tell people as well. I say, well, you know, go with the cocoa powder. It has less fat. They've removed a lot of the fat. And, you know, go with the lowest fat cocoa powder you can get your hands on and do that. And I've heard a lot of people say, no, no, no. You know, the cocoa beans are fine. You know, I don't have any problem with head retention. And I think, you know, maybe it's a balancing act. Again, this is a dark right. beer. You know, a lot of people make it higher alcohol, things like that. I would worry more about the coconut Coconut, uh, true. you know, yeah. shaved coconut has a lot of fat in it, Yeah. and uh, that that could be much worse. And uh, but the you know when you boil things, the fat tends to rise to the top. If you were able to draw that off of the bottom, maybe you would not have so much fat in your in your beer. That's I think true. Maybe being careful and racking from the the boil kettle to the uh, to the fermenter, you think that would make a difference? Joe? Yeah,
2: yeah, would it would it would help you get get some of the lipids out of solution. Mm-hmm. uh and, and keep the, your head formation in the beer
1: how about you tasty have you done any of these uh, you know beers with uh coconut or any fat producing uh type no of
4: beer? i don't you no know, i haven't made beers that uh, seem to call for those i do you know pay a lot of attention to you know what i transfer to my fermenter and make sure that i don't get a lot of the uh dog hair of the cold break in, in there mm-hmm. which I, you know that's that's where the lipids are going to basically be at right
2: yeah the cold, right. the cold break and the hot break too
4: okay. All right
2: Yeah, I think, you know, there's, as I said, there's so many, you know, too much, too little aspects in all natural processes in brewing that, you know, it's definitely the case. You need a little bit of hot break and a little bit of cold break to help, you know, improve the fermentation health of the beer. But too much is going to start degrading things.
1: Well, if you have a heavy oil, you know, uh, again, you know, might might rise to the surface, uh, part of the boil.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah, I was
1: well thinking ended. about something else right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Got that far away look in his eyes. <laughs> Seemed kind of romantic there. We held hands and then, uh, you know, it passed. All right, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to kind of get into recapping. And, and it's actually the segment where if you're a live listener, you would uh, be in the chat, you'd ask questions about the topic that we're doing, and, and we'd answer them for you live. But, uh, you know, it's our first couple of shows, and we are actually uh, haven't announced this yet, so we don't have a live listenership that we so desire. But these shows are, are done, uh, you know, unedited, so... Uh... It's uh, pretty exciting here in the studio. But uh, we go like uh, we should. We should head out on the side. street. Yeah, go out on the street remote microphone. There you go. Is that you the head first head. passerby. The man on the street. We got Shad over there. Could be the man on the street. Come anyway, up. come up with a question. Yeah. We'll be back Please. right after this.
0: Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong. Okay.
6: <laughs> oh crap it's mm-hmm. the hop shortage no
2: not the organic <sighs> rearrange oyster russian imperial coffee
5: stout it's all gone we'll never brew again
0: damn this hop shortage damn it to hell
5: oi away off your wee hop shortage f*** who are you a f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you cannot brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel your great f***ing ass Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. (laughs) My Lambic! It'll only and f- help it. <laughs> this is www.thebrewingnetwork.com
1: Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex.
5: You're, you're listening
1: to The Brewing Network.
0: Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer.
1: This is Brew Brewstrong. Oh yeah, we're back. We're talking head retention. And um, I think we got a, another Good question, question question, or two that came in, uh, uh, Mike. Yeah, I get this question all the time from home brewers. Uh, they, How are you so
4: attractive? I don't know. Yeah, well, they don't ask that. Yeah. How are you so successful? But they they want to they know, they know if rainfall in the on river basin. Yeah, really. They're always asking me, does uh, star sand affect head retention?
1: Well, one what of the, are they saying there? I don't know. One of the things about star sand that you'll notice, uh, I use star sand in, uh, you know, for example, in my uh, kegs, when I'm kegging my beer, sure. and I rack the beer in there, oh, yeah. and you'll notice that there might be a slight sheen on the surface. Yeah. And the sheen is like a, a surfacant that they put in that actually helps the star sand um, you know, sanitize, actually yeah. coat things right. and, and be a much more effective sanitizer. Okay. Uh, without that, it would not be nearly as effective. the The problem with the surfactant is that oh. it will impact head retention. Now, the question is, you know, is that so much that it is worth trading off effective sanitizing <laughs> versus you know the minimal impact it might have on the head retention? Personally, I I use Star San and and I, I see no problems with it, but. I do believe it it has a, a small impact into hmm. heavy yeah,
2: and I think if you look at star sands you know usage uh, suggestions i mean they're saying drain the keg, drain the bottles, mm-hmm. drain the fermenter mm-hmm. you know where you don't want to you know rack your beer into you know a,
1: a half a keg a half a carboy of star sand like justin right yes
2: yeah you you, you, you you hopefully you're just talking about a a small- sh- a percentage of foam right, and the less right. the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I, I agree that uh, there, that the surfactant could definitely be a factor
1: yeah if, if people don't believe that Justin would rack uh, his word into uh, <laughs> carboy of star sand then uh, you haven't listened to the Sunday show the Sunday session on the brewing com <coughs> great show uh, a lot of interesting guests and information as well and uh, you know well worth well worth uh, listening to and there's there's years of archives keep you busy uh, on your commute for for some time to come all right, so I think we've we've done a an admirable job of uh, discussing head here, and uh, so so let's recap uh, the things to look out for when uh, you are uh, hoping for good head is uh, uh, mash temperature. So you y- you know don't don't do a protein rest or do a do a, a, sh- a short. You look for a guy with long fingers? Is that what you're indicating, Justin? I'm sorry. <laughs> breasts, Jamil. Breasts. Damn it. Okay. Not a guy with long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't quite sure what that signal was, you know? It's uh, you know, all these gang symbols. like yeah, not that an international learn, symbol and, you know, for breasts, I don't yeah. think. No. Yeah. It's more like this. Like this. i like this. That's, like that's man-breast with the symbol no, you did. No, like this. That's, that's This is like doctor is sterile for surgery. No, that's you know? giant breast. Yours was man breasts. Ah, oh, this boy. We need to teach him a few things. Anyways, uh, so where, where was I? All right, so uh, protein rest. Uh, you know, if you're going to do a protein rest, keep it short. You know, 15 minutes max. Uh, you know, you don't want to chop up those uh, longer proteins into uh, little itty-bitty bits because they're not going to, you know, it's, it's the medium-length proteins that actually do the uh, the, the formation and retention. So, uh, do, not you know, that short back. proteins are bad. Right. But not longer is better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you want the medium ones. You can never be too long. And uh, uh, if you're in the boil, uh, you know, concentrated boils, can have an impact, uh, and also a recipe. So if you if if you want to improve head retention, yeah, add things like uh, carafome or carapils, some wheat malt, things like that. But flake just like barley. barley, be aware that uh, the impact. Uh, you know, uh, you can make a large change there, and it will have some change. But the boil does tend to remove a lot of that excess protein yeah. and kind of limit it down. So there's there's probably a practical limit there yeah. for you, as far as uh, adjuncts that you might add to the to the beer. If you're if you're using things like a cocoa beans or a coconut or things that are oily, you want to try and avoid that. But also be careful about. Uh, you know, uh, racking uh, your your wort off from that, and Mike also noticed that in his beers, uh, you know, if uh, if he skimmed the uh, the um, break, uh, break material. material that formed on top of the the wort as he was boiling, if he skimmed that off, his head retention was worse. I personally haven't done a lot of experimentation with that, but what I did, I noticed that that material did not have any negative impact. So. Since then, uh, many years, I leave all my hot break uh, or my brake material that forms. It all stays in there in the boil, and I have no problems with head retention. So it definitely does not negatively impact that. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you remind me that um, in Graham Sanders' podcast, uh, he mentioned that he routinely skims his boil, but um, I don't recall him saying that he's had, noticed any uh, variance in, or degradation of head retention.
1: So well, he has a giant head, so maybe he <laughs> has very, very little concept <laughs> of what proper head is. So mm-hmm. that might, might be the impact there. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, any other uh, tips or tricks on uh, improving head retention in beers, you guys? Uh, have we covered it? We I well, we want this make this, to make this
4: one point, though. The number one cause of poor head retention is the dirty glass, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. yes,
1: yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that Mike uh, insists on bringing around is these, uh, you know, clean taster cups. When, <laughs> whenever he's sampling his beer, he's not going to put in some, you know, used uh, diaper pail. He's You know, <laughs> proper glassware is very important. To If you're going to spend all this money and all this time on making yourself good beer, you put in. A, you know, a clean glass. Uh, be aware if you're if you're using a uh, uh, anti-spotting agent in your dishwasher, jet uh, dryer, jet dry, something like that. It's again, it'll coat the glassware and it will impact your head retention as well. Uh, dirty glasses, lipstick. Uh, you know, Dino Justin, his glasses end up with lots of lipstick on them, um, and uh, from all the hot chicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. Yes, right, right. That's what we meant, um, you know. And any any dead maggots in the bottom of the glassware, anything like that, is gonna gonna impact your beer. Uh, leaving a lot of yeast in the beer, you know, not racking off the yeast at the end of everything being completely fermented. And I'm not talking like you know after a week you need to get it off the yeast, but you know uh, you know after a month, you know maybe it's been sitting in the keg, transfer it to another keg, get it off the yeast. Uh, you don't want the yeast breaking down, the lipids being right. released, impacting. In, in heavy fact, tension.
2: for a lot of brewers, if uh, if they're not giving enough time in the primary fermenter for a lot of that ye- suspended yeast in the fermentation mm-hmm. to settle out, mm-hmm. they're going to carry, a, end up carrying more yeast into the bottle mm-hmm. than probably was you know, beneficial for the beer. You'll,
1: you'll have a giant load. That's right. That comes over into your keg. Yep. All right. I think. Uh, I think that's a a fine discussion. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, John Palmer, my co-host, and uh, uh, Mike Mike. uh, Tasty-McDole, our our guest host. Thanks uh, for having me. Tonight. Uh, Thank you very much. And uh, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong.